How do you handle a difficult employee? Meaning someone who's not generating the results that you need them to, and you've trained them and retrained them. Well, what are you supposed to do? Well, I'm going to answer that in today's video. Welcome back to another uh, episode of You're In Charge, Now What? I'm your host, Glenn Pash, and the goal of this channel is to help those of you that now find yourself in charge of a team or a project or even a business build the skills necessary in order to build and lead high-performing teams. Each week, I'm going to focus just on one topic. We're going to talk about different strategies that I've used that have helped me build my businesses so that you can generate consistent results and increase your bottom line. Now, if you're new to the channel, I definitely thank you for coming by, but please subscribe. This way you'll get notified each week as I post new videos. And as always, drop your comments in below. I'd love to hear what you think and also if there's any topics you'd like me to discuss. So let's dive into today's episode, The Difficult Employee. Now, I have been in charge of teams or projects or multiple businesses over my career, and this topic... It's not an easy one to handle. Uh, just because you're, you're dealing with an, uh, another person who may not be generating the results you want, for whatever reasons, and we'll talk about the different reasons why, but sometimes you may have to let that person go, and that's impacting their livelihood. Uh, it's not an easy thing to sit down in front of someone and let them know that they're, they're not meeting the standards and, and you have to let them go. But one of the things that I'm most proud of in my career, multiple managers who I've trained always said to me, it's a very interesting thing, Glenn. I don't know how you do it. How is it that when you let someone go, you terminate their employment, they shake your hand and they thank you? How does that happen? Well, if you follow what I'm going to share with you in terms of this process, it's no surprise that we got to this point. Where we end up with uh, disagreements or episodes where there's yelling and screaming, it's when the employee has no idea that they're not meeting standards and all of a sudden you come in and say, hey, you're not meeting standards, you have to go. And they're completely blindsided and that's when emotions come in. So let's talk about there, uh, the situations of what happens when you're dealing with someone who is not performing. Now, I will tell you that there are rare occasions that you have somebody who is really trying. They're a great employee. They show up early. They're applying all of the training that you're, you're giving them. They're doing their best, but they're just not able to generate the results. In that situation, I always ask myself, is there another position in my company for that person? It's happened where I just have them in the wrong position. Maybe they were in charge. I, there was a gentleman at one time, he was in charge of coaching a team, but he wasn't good at it. When I move that person into a more analytical role, a report role where they were doing number, flourished. So never get rid of really good employees. They're really hard to find. Hopefully you have something else for them in your, uh, in, your, in your business, and that makes them happy, makes you happy. Always finding 
the right position for people is really critical in your business's success. But what I want to talk about is two different types of people. One is the person who is just not delivering results and, and they, they seem like they don't care. And then again, a difficult employee could be on the, the other side of it. They are performing, they are generating results, but because they're generating the results, they think the rules don't apply to them. So we're going to talk about both of them and how you should handle them. So that's our, let's talk about it first. Here's our situation. Here's our problem. We have someone who is not generating results. I think the easiest way to describe this would be a sales job because sales, as we've talked about, numerical. You need to sell 10. You need to sell 20. You need to, there's a number attached to my output. So it's easy to measure. Everyone knows if I'm supposed to sell 10 and I'm selling seven, there's a disconnect. If I'm selling, supposed to sell 20 and I'm selling 15, disconnect. So if we've done everything correctly, as we've talked about in previous episodes, setting the expectation, being very clear, right? One of the traits of a, a, a great leader or a great manager is great communication skills, meaning everyone understands what's expected. So if I have a salesperson who is supposed to sell 10, they're selling seven. First, my job as their coach is to go back and inspect what they did. Remember, results are caused by actions, things people did. And even if they didn't do what they were supposed to, they're doing something else. Very few people in all of my career show up to work and don't try, don't do something. They're doing something, they just might be doing the wrong thing. So what, what do we need to do? First thing we do is we sit the person down and we talked about them. Meaning, you, you know that you're supposed to sell 10, we sold seven. Now, first thing I want to do is make sure they do know that they're supposed to sell 10. One of the best questions, so here's a great tool for your toolbox. One of the greatest questions to help you as a leader get people on track is ask them, what do you remember from training about dot, dot, dot? So in this case, what do you remember from training about what the expectation for your monthly sales goal is? And listen, maybe no one told them, okay, shame on us as leaders. Maybe they do understand it, but they thought that, well, if I average 10 and last month I had a really good month, so I thought I could be a little off. See again, so I have to recalibrate what they're talking about. Or maybe they do know and they're frustrated as well. So my first job as a coach, for your job as a coach, is to go and make sure we're very clear on it and then start analyzing the actions that took place that one, they're supposed to be doing, and then two, did they do it? If, if we know that they're supposed to, for argument's sake, they're supposed to make 25 to 30 phone calls every single day, and they're supposed to be following up through emails or the, whatever their prospecting process is, again, we have to analyze, do you know what you're supposed to do, and are you doing it? If they're not doing it, well, we can go down and retrain them. If they're doing it, maybe it's they're doing it at the wrong time. Maybe they're making phone calls at the wrong time of day. That's your job as a coach to get them back on track with the right actions. If they are not doing it, first time, okay, this is the first time I'm going to retrain you. I always say, shame on me. You as a leader have to take the first opportunity to say, 
Maybe I was not clear enough in what I expected or the action. So let's review it so we can look each other in the eye as of tomorrow and we're all very clear on what we need to do. Some managers or new managers will default to, well, they should know better. It's their fault. I understand that, but that's not the way I built my success. Shame on me first. Let's get everybody calibrated and let's move forward. So now I go through my coaching process. I show them what they're supposed to do. I make sure they're very clear on what they're supposed to do. And then off we go to the races. Now my job, remember, the three pillars we talked about is the documented process. We talked about the training and then the accountability. So my job is to check in with them. And if they're underperforming, I probably will be checking in with them throughout the day, at least once a day, to make sure they're on point of the actions we agreed to and they know that I'm watching and I will coach them to success. If the next month I see that they did not hit their sales objective again, I should know by that time if I'm doing my job and I'm inspecting and I'm watching what they're doing. I should know that either they're doing the actions and it's not generating the right end result, that's my job to figure that out. But if all of a sudden they're not generating those actions, well now I have to have a conversation with that person to say, you're not generating the results that we need, but you're not even applying yourself to do the actions. And now I have to sit down with them because now I can have a conversation to say, you know exactly what you're supposed to do, but you're choosing not to do it. Explain to me what's going on. Maybe you'll uncover a disagreement where they may say, well, I think my way is better. You change the process. I like the old way. And then you as a leader can make a decision, or I've done it before, where it's a deal, where I'll say, well, let's do this. For the next two weeks, we do my way, but you have to do it 100%. And then the following two weeks, we'll do your way, and you can do it 100%. At the end of that time frame, whichever way works, we agree to move forward. Most times, that employee is going to accept that opportunity because in their mind, they're going to prove you wrong. In my career, 90% of the time, my way wins. I already know it wins, but I have to allow them the opportunity. I use my coaching ability to let their process not achieve the goal that we need in order for them to validate that mine does work. Now, there are have been times where maybe their way doesn't fully work, but something in their process was better than what I had, and so we take it and we apply it together. And But again, I win them over that I am coaching them, helping them succeed. But if we have a conversation where they just say, well, I, I had a bad day or tons of excuses, that's where you have to put your foot down and say, this cannot happen. Your job is to generate 10. I'm here to coach you. If you cannot do this, and you're choosing not to do the actions that will generate the results, meaning you're not making your phone calls, you're not following up, you're taking too many breaks, you're showing up late, all of that behavior, what you have to then explain to them is that they are now driving and pushing you to what I always call put my boss hat on, and now we're going down the road of documentation and discipline. But you have to be very clear, telling them that they're the one driving the ship. They're the one driving the ship, pushing you to document this. And then you have to document it. Whatever your documentation or discipline, disciplinary process is, meaning it's a verbal warning or a written warning and then a suspension, 
And on your documentation, this is how I make sure everybody understands what's coming next. And that's why there are people who shake my hand because they knew what's coming is I will write if this does not change or this behavior doesn't change, this is the next step of escalation and they sign it. So if someone says, well, what did we talk about last time? They know. You said if I did it again, I would be suspended. Okay, you're suspended. You told me if I got suspended and I didn't change, I was going to get fired. Okay. See, it's their choice, not mine. Now, I try to reason with them, especially if they're a, a, I think they have potential to be a good employee. I'll sit with them and say, why are you losing, going to lose a good paying job over this? I don't understand. I try my best. I probably hold on to people maybe sometimes a little longer than I should because I think I can coach them. But I think this is really key. You need to be able to have this conversation with them and do the documentation, right? That's our solution, right? This is the solution to your problem, is making sure they're very clear. You can put your head on the pillow and say that I have coached this person. They know you've coached them. They also know they're the ones driving the ship you know, down the documentation trail, and it's not you. So that's our solution to that, right? So we had a problem. Now we have our solution. Now let's talk about our other problem, right? So problem number two, boom. We have a person who is generating results. But maybe they're disruptive in meetings. They're making comments, uh, thinking they're joking. Maybe they show up late. Maybe they take long lunches. Maybe they're not following the rules exactly. And what they default to always say is, well, look at my numbers. Look at my performance. You as a leader have to pull them aside and say to them, what? it's two separate things. Don't let them get down the, the number trail, right? So this is part of this solution. Don't let them dis derail the conversation talking about numbers. We focus on the behavior that you want. Your numbers are great. We're not talking about numbers. We're now talking about the fact that you're showing up late or that you're coming back from lunch or you're taking too many breaks. You have, as, have to, as a leader, choose your battles, because the default of what's going to happen in a lot of managers' minds is, well, if I push too hard or I'm going to discipline them on being late, what if they quit? I'm going to lose that amount of performance. And yes, you may, but what you're not paying attention to is the impact on the rest of your team. Because all of the other people who are trying very, very hard to do what they need to do they're going to look at it and say, well, why should I come early? Why should I stay late? Why do I have to generate? Because they don't have to. And what happens is, is their performance starts to drop because they say, well, I'm not going to try that hard or I'm not going to do it this way. Or, you know, what? I'm, I'm going to come in a couple minutes late. It's not going to matter. And performance drops. So again, the way I've solved this problem is I sit down with the person and I lay out my expectations. I need you to be here. If you need to come in late, let me know. If you want to take a longer lunch, let me know. I choose my battles. But what I won't have is I don't care how great of a, a producer they are. I'm not going to have them disrespect any leadership. I'm not going to have them be disruptive uh, to the rest of the team. I'm not going to have them flaunt that they're breaking the rules. Now, I will tell you. I would be lying to you in the, on this camera if I didn't tell you I made deals with some of my top performers. But the way I handled it, and here's your tip as well, make a side deal 
but you tell them if anybody else comes and tells me that you had this deal, I'll know the only person who told anyone was you, and then you lose your deal. So for instance, we had a situation where we were open on a Saturday, one of the companies I worked for, and so everybody had to work every Saturday. What I did with a couple top performers was I gave them every other Saturday off. Now, when someone said, where is so-and-so, why aren't they here? They had a family a situation, so I let them off. But what I told one gentleman who uh, another employee came up and said, I know the deal that you gave to Glenn. Glenn lost their deal because they talked about it. So again, there's strategies for you to deal with this, but you have to make a decision. Never let production stand in the way of what you're doing across the whole company. Because think about it, even if this, this person, everybody sells 10 and this person sells 15, I bet you if you lost that 15, you could rally the troops, you could make up some of that ground, other people probably will pick up their pace. Why? Because you fired a top producer and everyone else is going, wow, if he fired a top producer, then I better pick up my numbers. I better pick up my performance. You'll be able to gain the ground on that. So again, it's not easy, but I've seen more times than not, I've seen managers hold on to disruptive people and they're not looking at what's happening to the rest of their business, the rest of their employees, morale and production with everyone else going down because you're holding on to a top performer for fear of their lost production. So let's summarize what we talked about today. When you're dealing with someone who is underperforming, first thing, number one, make sure you take responsibility first. I would say shame on me first, I wasn't clear. So I start clean slate, retrain, make sure everybody understands, and look them in the eye and then move forward. And then I inspect, I hold them accountable. If I'm doing my job, if they're not generating results, I can see it, wait, I don't have to wait till the end of the month. I can see production because I'm inspecting every single day. And then you have a conversation. Either they get on board with what you need them to do or they're driving the ship down to documentation, which means eventually you may have to let them go, but it's not a surprise to them or to you because you've been very clear. The other person that we talked about is the disruptor because they are producing. I'm a special case. I get special privileges because I'm producing. No, you don't. Make sure you hold them accountable to certain behaviors. As I said, if they, they may get an extra break or they may get some leniency on some certain things, but not major issues when it's going to be disruptive to the whole team. And you pull them aside, and if they're willing to lose their high-paying job over taking a little extra lunch or being a smart aleck in the middle of meetings, that's their choice as well. But document that, not their numbers, document the behavior you want to change. So I hope that was helpful to you. I hope you found value. As I always say, if you did find value, please share this out. I know there's a lot of people who are new to management who could use this. Uh, even experienced managers struggle with this topic as well. Click the button, subscribe, put some comments in there. Let me hear what I can do to help you. Uh, and as always, thank you so much for your attention. And as I say at the end of every video, you're in charge, but now you have a new couple tools to help you become more successful. Thanks and see you next video.